welcome to another episode of Dose of OJ. I'm Owen. Okay, I'm Josh. That's Owen. You're Josh. I'm <laughs> Owen. Sorry for anybody first listening. So now they're all confused. Josh, where'd he oh, go? You got every one of our first-time listeners, if there are any first off. Thank you. Um, now you got them confused by who we actually are. I'm Owen. That's Josh. And this is Dose of OJ. Oh, boy. Team Pulp. Uh, no Pulp. No Pulp, gang. Um, so... We always get things started with a non-sports topic, and I usually get these things from something. Uh, I was going to say this isn't any different, but it just clicked in my head that I saw something about this on Facebook. It's like a girly thing. Like, what store would you still using Facebook? Dude, I have family that wants to keep in touch with me. Like, I, I, the only time I go on it is if somebody's like, hey, I, I tagged you in. Well, ahead, I think I think I, I I think that's a bigger topic of discussion. Is Josh still using Facebook? But it's okay. Facebook, well, I'll let though. you live. I don't use Facebook though. Like, I have it so my family knows I'm not dead. Hmm. Okay. Well, fair enough. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I saw uh while I was on there for the short amount of time I was, this girl posted it was like coach, and it was. If you could have unlimited money and go to one store, but you could only go to one store only and you only had one chance to like, you, you could go in one time and that's it, mm-hmm. but you can spend unlimited money. What store would it be? Okay. I have a hands down, like nothing could touch this answer to 100%, me. hundred percent. So do I. It's Best Buy. Oh, a hundred percent. It's Best Buy. 1000% it's Best Buy. I don't I just don't know especially in the 21st century right now how you could choose anything else but Best Buy. Here's a here's a loophole. Can I pick Amazon? Ooh, see that's a good point, but I I don't think that's No, it's probably physical stores. Is that is that okay, since we both agreed, what would be your second choice? Cuz I I was worried we were both going to be like Best Buy. Yeah, uh yeah, without question. Uh, my second one, I'll give you the, I'll give you my top three. My, my top would be Best Buy. My second one would probably be, um, I mean, I guess you kind of have to go, you kind of have to go online here, but I, I guess if they still exist, I know there's, there's a local place around here. It would be some sort of sports memorabilia shop. Ooh, that's a good one. Like I want all of the jerseys, every single one. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay, so here is my top three. Although that sports memorabilia thing really got my, maybe I shouldn't pick these, but these are my top three. Not, I'm not moving. I got Best Buy one, got Target at two, Target that's a, at two. That's a that's a good that's a good pick. Target at two, and off the off the cuff answer for three Lowe's. I yeah. I mean, I mean let's let's talk about it for a second. You right. go into a massive Lowe's, dude. I could fix my house at a moment's notice for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, especially I'm just if saying. you had unlimited money. That's exactly. You could buy the whole Lowe's store, and then even if you had to hire somebody else, you have every single material right there. So then so, they can upcharge you for materials and tools and all of it. Right. Um. So Lowe's isn't huge around here. Like it's Home it's Depot. Home, it's Home Depot and Menards. Yeah, see, I don't know what Menards is, but on it, like they're all the same. They're they're all yeah. It's just it's the same thing, just a a different gesture. Now, if you could buy any one thing with price, okay, price doesn't matter. You can buy any one thing 
What is it? But you, so it, can, my, it can only be one. My funny answer would be a Tesla, just to say I have a Tesla. Obviously, I couldn't. I was drive thinking it. a little bigger. <laughs> I was thinking a little bigger than a Tesla. Okay, a baseball team. Ooh, see now, mm, I might just buy the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if money's not an issue, then yeah. If money's not an issue, then I might buy the Yankees. If we're talking pro sports teams, or maybe the Cowboys. Just make Jerry Jones an offer he can't refuse. I offer make, you ten billion dollars. Make make Jerry Jones like the assistant to the assistant of the assistant secretaries. I'm I'm gonna make him for the rest of his life if I had unlimited money. I'd make him. I'd be Michael Scott and he'd be Dwight Schrute and he'd be the <laughs> assistant to the regional manager for the rest he'd of his like, career. He, but he'd just have ten billion dollars. You demote him to like janitor. Demote him to jet, dude. See, Jerry Jones is a, is a clown. Um, but if I had unlimited money, see, I didn't think about sports teams at first, so I think that's a pretty, pretty solid answer. Because then, then you make an investment, you're making your money back, right? Right, and you get to watch sports. It's the whole, whole nine yards. I might just buy the Charlotte Hornets from MJ though, and just make myself feel better. Because then, if they're running to the ground, I have nobody to blame but myself. Yeah, but you might be able to do a better job. Um. My number three on that on that first question list is, I, I mean, I can't really think of anything else, so I'm just going to say Chick-fil-A. You're just going to buy a Chick-fil-A? Yeah. I don't think that counts. I think I thought we were talking stores, not restaurants. It's a store. Chick-fil-A is not a store. <laughs> what? I'm trying to, find a, trying to find a loophole in that one. No, how, if I really had classified to think... maybe a food store, <laughs> yeah, no, technically. That's, that's not fair. Which um, is classified as a restaurant. <laughs> My number three would probably be, um, I, honestly, I gotta go. I think I gotta go with Target because Target's a good one. So, so let me tell. Like, your number two is my number three, but I'm gonna tell you why though. I was really into like big brands, right? As far as clothing goes, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't wear anything else but like Steve Madden and like these like designer. And then I, I was like, man, well, well, so I, I target, I frequent target a lot, but like, I I started to realize that like for a dress shirt, uh, I would pay, you know, 45 to 50 bucks for a dress shirt. Actually it was, it was more than that. It was like probably 75 bucks for a dress shirt. And the 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 thread would start to come out like the buttons would start to unwrap and i'm like i paid 75 dollars for this and it's falling apart and then i went to target and i'm like you know what let me just see let me just see what they got so yeah. i know no free ads uh but goodfellow and co is the only thing i wear now my jeans are goodfellow and co my button ups are good for, like my dress listen i went to multiple weddings with Goodfellow and Co. dress shirts and Goodfellow and Co. ties. And they were like, oh my God, you look awesome. And I'm like, Dude, thanks. The good, tie good, was twelve dollars. <laughs> Goodfellow and Company, for those of you that haven't been put on, let me tell you guys. Oh, they're amazing. Dude, it's it's they're so clutch, right? And it sucks because the target that's closest to me is like 45 minutes away. And it's also on the busiest road in the upstate, at least one of them. That's not an interstate. It's the worst. So question, I don't, why don't you just order online? 
I'm not a big order online. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm real picky because I I feel like every time I order clothes online, they just don't either they and, don't look how I thought okay. they would or they don't fit right. I know you have a fiance, so I'm gonna speak for myself and my friends. Look, single guys who are watching this stumble upon this. I was wheeling in college with Goodfellow and Go Threads. Like, talk your shit, Josh. I was wheeling. And girls would be like, oh my God, I love your chinos. Like, where are they from? And I'm like, Target, Goodfellow and Company. (laughs) And they'd be like, wow, are you serious? And I went to school in like a rich, a rich city. Like, I'm not. I'm not rich, but like everybody around me was like, yeah, my mom got me a freaking Ford. I'm so pissed. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, Would you want a freaking G-Wagon? Yeah, right. So, I mean, there were people driving Beamers, like complaining. And look. Meanwhile, I was driving a 1998 uh, Dodge Dakota. You know what my favorite? School, my favorite. The frame. passenger door that doesn't open. <laughs> you just get in, the, get in the front and then climb over. You'll, you'll be fine. That, that. That actually happened. No judgment here. I had uh, my favorite phrase when people talk about their cars that they don't like. Uh, One of my old bosses, he had a Hyundai. I don't remember what it was. It was like a 97. And I was like, he goes, yeah, it was hailing out. And he goes, yeah, I don't really care if the hail messes up my car. I'm like, which one's yours out there? And I I looked out and he goes, oh, that one? It's the maroon Hyundai shitbox. That's pretty good. That's a good one. I love that one. But yeah, um, so we figured we'd start it out with, uh, I start my sports streams out with jokes that aren't funny, but uh, we figured we'd start every single episode out with uh, something that is uh, not sports related. So stay tuned for another un- unrelated sports topic or interview with uh, our buddy Max. Uh, real life interview should be interesting. We thought it's interesting. We know you will too. So we'll get things going here. And of course, you also, you also learn a little bit more about Josh. If you listen to that interview, you, you'll get some insight into the, the oh, J and OJ. Yeah. The no pulp side of things. But anyways, continue. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kick things off with uh, Jamal Adams. So we're recording this on Thursday, June 18th. And uh, it came out today. I'm not surprised to be honest with you, but Jets was it safety, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets safety. Jamal Adams is pretty much demanding a trade out of uh out of the jets organization again not surprised yeah the jets have really mishandled this situation with jamal adams he's he's been public about his uh miscommunications and and issues within the organizations within the organization itself excuse me god i can't talk today um so to me it was only you know, when is it going to happen as compared to will it happen? You know, Jamal Adams, fantastic player. He's one of the best safeties in the entire NFL, if not the best. And he's only 24. The trade market for him is going to be massive. I'm not sure how much time is left on his deal. I don't think it's a whole lot because contract negotiations. Actually, matter of fact, I think the Jets signed him to a max uh, a while back, if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, on a max contract, I think five years, four years, something like that. So a lot of money involved for one of the better young players in the NFL. The bidding market is going to be massive. Teams are going to have to give up a lot, a lot for him. Teams to look out for the the heavy hitters, the Ravens, I think will be big 
into this this market because you got to think if you're if you're Baltimore you're not necessarily worried about draft capital you're worried about winning now because right. you flopped in last year's playoffs after a great regular season that's no disrespect to them but you know they're one two pieces away and most thought they you know were Super Bowl ready last year so uh, the Ravens I think are going to be up there the Cowboys also look out for them I think that would beef up their secondary very well especially after losing Byron Bell. Yeah, um, and then Dak Prescott's going to go, dude, can you pay me? Yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, if, if they win this season, then he's like, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe yeah. I want to stay. So I'm finally quick, winning in Dallas. Quick sidebar, uh, you brought up the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, the new cover boy. Uh, new cover uh, boy Madden. for Madden. Yeah, I actually I saw a lot of hate for the new cover. It, it looked a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the MVP edition, you know, the always the higher paid edition with a bunch of extra shit people don't really need. Um, <laughs> it, I think it had something at the top along the lines of just a running back, something like that after mm. after winning MVP. It was pretty cool. I don't know exactly what it said off the top of my head, but the MVP cover was cool. It was a lot different than what they've done on previous covers, so I like that they switched it up a little bit, but I thought it was dope. Good for, good for Lamar, especially and- – and the cover, the cover curse is over. I think we could say that now. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a good me, point with Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, let me, let me, let me circle back to this uh, Jamal Adams thing real quick. J- J- I just want to say this. The New York Jets are a dumpster fire. And, like, the only thing that I like that are associated with the Jets is Gary Vaynerchuk. I was about to say, Gary V is probably on suicide watch right now. Yeah, like he's probably swearing up a storm and throwing. Did you know? Did you know that every single year he buys a Jets jersey with the entire roster? Like every everybody's jersey on the roster every single year. Because when he says when he's going to buy the Jets, whenever he buys them, he's going to have every single jersey of every single player that the Jets have ever had. That's insane. I mean, imagine first of all, imagine having the money to just do that. I think he said it's like five grand. Okay, that's honestly a little bit cheaper than I thought it would be. But it, it, you're also buying in bulk, cheaper, right? Maybe. I'm sure the Jets he probably, probably come a deal. He's probably, yeah, he's got to know somebody. He's one of the biggest, you know, famous Jets fans, especially one that's not like a. a I don't want to say not celebrity because I think he's up there, but he's not an actor. He's not a comedian. I feel you know what bad. I'm talking about. Like, I feel bad for Jets fans. I really have no room to talk. So, like, I, I probably should have prefaced this by saying that. But I feel bad for Jets fans because I just don't feel like they're – I don't really feel like they're trying to win. It doesn't feel like I don't that. feel like it's ever got any better for them, honestly. Maybe a couple ups here and there, but almost always down, which is, again, typical of the Jets franchise within itself. I feel bad for the fans, of course. It, if Jamal Adams was on my team, no matter no matter how bad we were, I'd be upset. I love Jamal Adams uh, as a player, as a person. I think that he made the right decision, to be honest. You know, if, if I wasn't a Panthers fan, the Jets would be up there. Unfortunately, I'm much more of a Jets guy than a Giants guy, personally. I'm um, neither. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's the green. Maybe it's the logo. I don't know. They're maybe. playing the same stadium, same city. Whatever. But uh, moving on a little bit, Debo Samuel. Wide receiver for the 49ers, a rookie last year out of South Carolina, USC, uh, has a broken foot. 
It is USC. Uh, has a broken foot. Will be out for about ten weeks. Said it was a Jones fracture. He uh, Jones fracture, I think, is what it said in practice Tuesday with some teammates in Nashville. So unfortunate for Debo Samuel. I think, especially you know, out of all the timing you could have asked for a foot injury, this is probably the best kind of time. Um, I am a little bit concerned because he's young still, uh, which also means he has a lot of time to recover and, and get better. But as a receiver, not being on one of your feet for even 10 weeks, like that, that's a long time for a guy that is, you know, as fast, low to the ground, explosive as Debo Samuel is. Um, and I, I don't even think Kyle Shanahan has touched or even it scratched the surface of his potential as an actual wide receiver. Right. Lined up as a wideout a lot, but, you know, Shanahan likes a lot of pre-stat motion, all kinds of stuff uh, that hasn't really been seen before, which is why he's the best, one of the best young coaches in the NFL. Uh, and Debo really fit into what, what scheme he was trying to use, especially offensively implementing him in the running game a lot. But I think he still has a whole lot of room to grow. Um, had a really great Super Bowl. So, unfortunate to see from Debo, but he's on Twitter saying that he's going to come back stronger than ever. One of the most motivated guys I've ever seen was the same way South Carolina has dealt with a lot of injuries in the past. Another concern. So I, I hope all the best for Debo. Honestly, I really do. So, like, <clears throat> I don't want to be uh, negative here. I just want to know. Now, I know freak things happen, right? Maybe he landed wrong. I don't know the full backstory of how he broke his foot. But we're, uh, we're in the middle of June. And if I'm the coach or one of uh, offensive coordinator from Kyle Shanahan, if I find out that he was pushing himself and whoever he's playing with so far that the contact was hot, was, was enough, or maybe they went up for a jump ball and that he landed on somebody's foot. I don't know what the case was, but like you got to do a lot to break your foot. Especially someone as uh, physically as physically well maintained as an NFL I, like, football player. I wouldn't. I don't. Maybe this is the wrong mindset. But if I was Shanahan and I was calling, if I was calling him, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, I heard what happened. Are you okay?" I'd be like, "What the fuck happened? Like, why are you breaking your foot, dude?" I, like, yeah, he, but also it said he was working weapon. out with his teammates. I get that, but how? Like. I understand your point, but without the full backstory, I don't. I don't want to be one to. to I don't hate care. On my boy, I, I don't care. I have no issue with Debo Sam. I. I just. I want to know, like, was it a freak thing, or were they pushing themselves so hard that he put himself in a bad situation that he didn't need to be in? It's June. You have time to practice. You have time. To be fair, if it if it was something they shouldn't have been doing, I'm sure that would have been reported. Because it probably would have been known. Just putting that out there. Yeah, but, like, all it says is broke his foot practicing with teammates. That's all it says. Like, you can't tell me that you went to make a cut on a slant route and your foot snapped. Something – I mean, it could, technically. I'm just saying, Debo is notoriously injury-prone, especially in college. Has he broken his foot before? As a South Carolina fan, I should know this. I don't think – I don't want to say he's broken his foot before, but I'm pretty sure he's had uh, below-the-belt injuries involving either the leg saying, or the foot. Like, I, don't, I don't want 49ers fans to come at me and, like, just come for my neck. But, like, I'm just saying 
I I really hope that it was a freak thing and he's like man I just I don't know what happened like we were we were running routes and I jumped up I came down wrong and like Michael Jordan bro- maybe he came down flat Michael Jordan broke his foot that way so yeah so Debo had a that's what it was he had a leg fracture in 2017 I remember that and uh two hamstring strains grade 2 grade 2 in 2015-2016 so a long time ago I thought there was right. more than that honestly it feel it felt like that at South Carolina but yeah. uh, broken fibula that that's a big deal yeah, uh something yeah. before but obviously he came back from that strong ended up doing really well in this first in the NFL so all the best to Debo moving on to Mike Gundy oh um god yeah I I I don't want to mispronounce his name, so if I do, someone please correct me. I I want to say it's Chuba Hubbard. I think it is Chuba. Oklahoma I, State I player. I'm pretty sure it's really Chuba. <laughs> if it's not Chuba, it's got to be Chuba, right? I See, I don't want to mispronounce this guy's name. I'm going to well, stop why, talking see, about it. So, qu- before we get into this, not really, I'm not, I'm not throwing shots at the guy, but, like, if his name was Chuba, you can't tell me that any of his friends don't call him Chuba Hubba. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Chuba Hubbard, if you're listening to this, we want to have you on as a guest. Oh, um, and then we can – Chuba Hubbard. Anyway, uh, Mike Gundy was caught uh, in a picture. It looked like Come he was on. on a lake fishing, wearing an OAN shirt, which for those of you that don't know, stands for One America News. Um, not, I think it's just news, not News Network. But from everything that I've read about it, I have never seen anything. Uh, from this never particular – yeah, see, I, I never heard of it until this instance with Mike Gundy when Chuba Hubbard call, called him out. Um, and Mike Gundy got a whole lot of backlash from it. One American News is supposedly a super, super far-right network, has a whole lot of affiliations with Donald Trump, which, you know, political ideology aside um, – all, all I know and why it was criticized so much is because they are way – not Fox News right, very, very far right, um, which is, you know, not the, the best thing in the world, not something he should be sporting out in the open, especially with everything that's going on right now, not the greatest look for him. He was also accused of using a racial slur by a former Colorado linebacker in a 1989 game. They were accusations that – from everything I saw had previously been brought up, but nothing got done about it. If that, if I'm wrong on that, uh, correct me, please. But yeah, he got accused of using a racial slur in 1989. After all this news came out, I believe someone came and reaccused him of it because of what's been brought to light. So a lot on Mike Gundy. So let me play devil's advocate for a second. Oh Lord. He wears this shirt, right? And we're just going to call him Hubbard. Uh, in Hubbard's relationship with Mike Gundy, has there been any disrespect? Has there been any mistreatment? Because this is the problem. Like, I'm not trying to get super deep here, but people should be allowed to think a certain way. Like, as long as you're respectful of see, other people the, individually. I, it just sounds like he, Hubbard got his feelings hurt. I, I, I get, Listen, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think the reason Shuba Hubbard brought it 
to light, especially, was because this is not the first – from everything I've seen, Oklahoma State players coming out after Chuba Hubbard did, this is not the first instance of him supporting very, very far right. But, but see, that's the – but that's – like, there's a difference between him supporting something and, that you disagree with but treating you fairly – and supporting something like he does that you disagree with and him coming into your locker into the locker room throwing chairs at you calling you things you shouldn't be called and mistreating you because of certain like i'm just saying i'm that's just me playing devil's advocate now if it is true that mike gundy is mistreating these guys one he shouldn't have a job and two it's that situation where Hubbard coming out and saying something is kind of like a domino effect that everybody yeah, else is going to say something because it kind of works up the courage to be like, you know what? He said it. So now I can say what I've been wanting to say. Yeah. And I, I don't want to stay on Mike Gundy too long because I know a lot of people have talked about already. It's pretty self-explanatory and I don't want to get too far into political ideology. Um, but yeah, Mike Gundy has received a lot of critical backlash. This racial slur thing, as far as I know from everything I've seen, Mike Gundy has not commented on it. Yeah. So I guess we'll kind of wait and see if something comes out about that. Mike Gundy has, has also uh, had a couple of suspect quotes during all this coronavirus stuff. Something similar to you know, let's just get back to quotes, football. I don't want to. Uh, I know this is kind of throwing a wrench in our in our in our flow here, but Aubrey Huff. Who? Aubrey Huff. You don't know who Aubrey Huff is. Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff, former uh, former Tampa Bay Ray that baseball name player. Ring a bell, dude. So he tweeted. He's a baseball. He's been very uh, vocal in the MLB negotiations and in COVID and all these things. And he tweeted the other day. And first of all, Aubrey Huff is irrelevant. Like he, he's just not relevant. I don't know why he has a check mark on Twitter still. I've no. I don't know. But he tweeted out the other day, and he's like. Uh, from now on, I'm not, I won't be wearing it. This was June 15th. From now on, I won't be wearing a mask in, in businesses. It's, uh, it's, it's unconstitutional for, for a business to tell us that we have to wear a mask. Let, let this. Oh, I know what quote you're talking about. Actually. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was really dumb. (laughs) That guy is an absolute joke. (laughs) Like it was absolutely dumb. And, and, Moving back towards the MLB, and we're not going to stay on the song because Lord knows we've talked about the MLB in these discussions way too many times. But the MLPA finalized a proposal that they sent back to the MLB. And the MLB sent a 60-game proposal. The deal that the players sent back was for 70 games. Um, and I also believe still a full pro-rated salary. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the MLB comes back. I know the players definitely wanted a little bit more as far as game time goes, because 60 really isn't a lot, especially once you start getting down to nitty-gritty, start fighting for playoff position. Well, think about this. Like, if you start out 7-15, and your season's over. For the most part, yeah, unless you have a really, really hot streak. Yeah, which if you're 7-15, and yeah, unless if you're 7-15, and that's likely not happening. So I I understand why they want more games, but – it's just coming down to seeing if the MLB accepts it because at this point you would think they would because it's what the players offered. And if they accept it, it's done with, it's over, we can play baseball. Right. Um, but with how the MLB's acted so far, I'm not too sure 
that that's going to get done. And I know Josh doesn't have a whole lot more to say about it as well. I so I don't. So moving on to trivia. Trivia, I think the score is 6-3. It's 6-3. Right? It's three. probably going to be 6-3 to three after this. I don't know. I gave, I gave Josh, or I'm going to give Josh, a Chicago baseball question. This is his supposed, supposed area of expertise. Yeah, very, so very supposed. I'm right. just not good at trivia. Like, I've been saying that since, since I got my second point. I'm just not good at this. I, I crack under pressure. I suck. That's why my ACT score sucked. Okay. Fair. How'd you do on the SAT? I didn't Better than the ACT? You only took the ACT. See, yeah. I only took that. Well, did I take the ACT? I think I got the ACT for free in high school, and then I had to take the SAT. But yeah, I did. I did pretty average on both. But nonetheless, moving on trivia. Don't want to. I'm not going to make my, myself sound uh, dumber by talking oh, about I'm very my dumb, test scores. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the question. Oh, shit. In May 2001, a member of the Chicago Cubs was intentionally walked a record of five times by the Cincinnati Reds in an effort to break the record shared by Roger Maris and Gary Templeton. Name that Cub. Oh. I want to say this guy, but I, I, I don't know if it's right. The, I I'm, I will give you a hint, and I'm only giving the hint because it's a hint on this website. And the hint just says Hall of Fame, which is a pretty helpful hint. I'm trying to think if he's in the Hall of Fame. See, I'm I'm so bad at this. Um. Oh shit. Um. Mark Grace. That's wrong. He was on the Diamondbacks still, I think. That is incorrect, Josh. Yeah. It is Andre Dawson. Oh, my God. You said 2001, didn't you? I did say 2001. What you, would you think I said there? Not good at trivia guy. Uh, still no, down six I just, three guy. I was think, so as soon this as is you what you get Cubs, for being a pulp guy. Yeah. Not pulp guy. So maybe the pulp is blocking the my brain. Uh, when you said Cubs, I th- I immediately went to ninety eight. Even though I said two thousand one, see, yeah, I, I just you yeah. uh, this yeah. would see. Josh is just illiterate now. Apparently. We're gonna cut this. We're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. I think that is about all we got for today's episode. Friday, June nineteenth. Nineteenth, yep. right? Friday, June 19th. Okay, Friday, June 19th. As always, I'm Owen Watterson. That's Josh Barlog. Follow us on Twitter at Owen underscore Watterson and at Josh B. USN because Josh USN was taken. 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 And we will see you guys next time. I hope you guys enjoy the interview with us and Max. All right, Dose of OJ welcomes on their very first guest. Um, if you don't know by now, my name is Josh. That's Owen. And uh, we have a, a, a long-time friend. Is, is seven years a long time? I think I mean, you can consider it a long time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So seven years, uh, I've known this guy. Um, he was originally known as Max Reliable K. Uh, we can get into that a little bit. But Max <laughs> Kaczynski joins us uh, for our first interview out here on Dose of Ogier. So, Max, thanks for taking some time, and uh, we're excited to get into it. Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm honored. So I wanted to, uh, to give Owen and, and everybody out there the backstory. 
So I transferred into uh, the college we went to as a uh, junior-ish. I say that because it took me like three and a half, two and a half years to graduate. And it wasn't because I'm stupid. Uh, I met I beg Mac. to differ. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Yeah, me too, dude. Yeah, the, the tr- <laughs> Hey, dude. The, uh, the first interaction we had was uh, in our radio station or at our radio meeting uh, in college. And I was like, wow, this guy's a douchebag. Um, so that's how we met and uh we became honestly we became friends you know really really soon we had to work a lot with each other and um i think we both realized that we were both kind of an asshole so we got along well so that's kind of the backstory we met in college and we've stayed in touch somehow uh it takes us three ironically years. that's why me and you get along josh we're both assholes that's completely true um it it takes us three and a half years to uh I guess, form a meeting like in person, go, you know, get together, go for some drinks. But uh, nonetheless, he's, uh, he's free enough today to where we can have him on this zoom call. So um, (laughs) I guess tell the people how maybe you got into radio because you are still in radio. Uh, It's not an easy business to get into. Um, But what's the backstory behind you starting to fall in love with radio? Uh, Well, certainly not easy right now in 2020. Sure. Uh, That's for sure. But, uh, I mean, what is easy these days? Uh, yeah, so my, my story is kind of weird. It's like a, almost a, not nepotism, but I fell in love with radio instantly because that's what my mom did for, you know, before I was born up until now. So it's been, you know, over 30 years probably, uh, or <clears throat> 30, I don't know. She probably doesn't like hearing that. But uh, <laughs> Hi, Mary. Yeah, and uh, throwing shots at your mom right now, man. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, I mean, hey, we're age is just a number, right? But uh, yeah, so she was, you know, very successful uh, working in radio. Uh, I was born in Cleveland, so she worked at a station in Cleveland, Q one hundred four, and you know, being a program director, which is kind of the the person who like picks the music and. Uh, just basically runs the station, everything content wise, everything that's not a commercial, even though that they're, you know, so like a producer on crack almost. Oh yeah. Uh, just behind the scenes with pretty much every aspect of the business. And, uh, she got offered a really nice job in Chicago around 2000. And that's where, uh, so that's where we went. I was like six years old at the time and she just, you know, kicked ass there for almost 20 years and just growing up in that environment. I was just like, I want to do this. And, you know, the joke is, is that, you know, she was super successful. I'm like, Oh, if she can do it, I could totally do it. So. So your dad wanted you to go into radio? No, he wanted me to be an accountant. Uh, that's what he was. And that's what his dad was. Um, ironically, my, my girlfriend's mom is also an accountant. So I'm like literally surrounded by these people and, uh, you know, the numbers crunchers and all that. And I just, I was good at math, but it was not interesting to me really. Yeah. Once you start throwing letters in math, that's when I stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. After after about tenth grade I was done with math. <laughs> so yeah, the, only math thing I really, the only thing I like, like real world, is is probably playing pool. 
or billiards for the for the classy people out there. I mean, you you can actually use geometry in that, but again, that's hard and so you don't play it often. I I mean, I do, but I don't really use geometry. I just kind of, you know, pray a little bit and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. So tell me about how um how you went to the I guess we can say we went to North Central College uh very prestigious radio program best college station in the nation 2015 you're welcome um tell me how that got started when, how did you decide to go there um what was your first experience like yeah ironically I'm I'm actually wearing a North Central shirt right now because uh what was it it was I think yesterday was the four-year anniversary it was of yesterday graduation yeah yeah God, yeah. You guys are old. Oh yeah. yeah. Very old and very broke. So Yeah. And uh, I can and, respect that though. <laughs> and on a lot of like old people medication too. But uh <laughs> uh let's see. Oh yeah. I so like having my mom worked in radio, like that's what I pretty much wanted to do at a very young age. And they had the at North Central, they had this really cool thing in the summer where it was like for one week a group of kids, you know, from all over the area, the Western suburbs of Chicago, mostly would all go to the school and there was a radio camp. So kind of like American pies band camp, except no tubas and, you know, sexual exploits. (laughs) So the stereotype isn't true. Damn it. Yeah. No, not, not at, not at radio camp. Nah, that's, that stinks. Well, I mean, then again, ironically, I did date two girls out of that camp at some point, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so maybe the maybe the stereotype is true. I don't know. Yikes. Um, so <laughs> then, so after that radio camp, or even during that radio camp, you knew you're like, I'm I'm going here, uh, and I, I just can't wait. So yeah, I started my first summer there. I was 12, and then I did it every summer I think except one up until college and it was it was really cool I was like one of the my phone's vibrating I'm just gonna throw it over there um it was one of those really cool things where like I was super hands-on and I was probably the only camper that you know would be able to run the board without supervision and stuff like that. So I, I pretty much took things and ran with it and did my own shows and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, yeah, I, I got a handle on this and getting a relationship going there. So many years got a relationship with, um, with uh, John Madormo, who's the, who was the general manager and ran the station for geez. I don't know how many years he actually ran it. I don't know. It was like, 40 ish or something. Yeah. Something like nonetheless, an absolute legend. Yeah. So getting a, getting a relationship with him at a young age, he actually wrote me a letter of recommendation in North central, which probably got me in because I guarantee I didn't get in on any other sort of merit. It's okay. I didn't That's either. I, I went to uh sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I went to Juco first to get my gen ads out of the way. And it was still like, I had to twist their arm to let me in. <laughs> All right, so tell me, like, when you were at North Central, because I have, you know, I mean, we have stories that we can obviously tell and maybe shouldn't tell, but tell me about, like, the, the radio experience, like, because you and I have both worked uh, in, in professional radio, commercial radio is really what they call it, but, like, 
for people who might be listening and might be interested in it, college radio, how does it line up? Is it parallel with commercial radio, do you think? Because there are similarities, but what are your thoughts? So that's why, that's why North Central was so special in a sense is it was completely student run and it was 24 seven. I mean, we had That's pretty cool though, that it was all stu- student run. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was up to 60 or 65 kids in any given term that are like technically on staff. Um, it, I mean, the only problem is, is of those 60, you know, there was probably only 15 to 20 that actually took it seriously, you know? Well, that, that, leads, that leads into my next question, though. Did anybody <laughs> do everything, anything so stupid that they got uh, kicked out? Yes. Oh, yeah. There oh, are, I need to hear some of those I mean, stories. Okay, so we won't mention names, obviously, but I have one uh, not to uh, – man, I mean, it's probably it might be a different story now. I don't, I don't know. Um, toward the end of my college, quote-unquote, career, uh, I was the assistant station manager. Not a big deal. And um, I got a call. Just a shameless from, plug there. From the station manager, who I was, I mean, we're all really good friends with, but he called me like 2 30 in the morning and he goes, uh, I got an alert. Uh, I got a call. Do you want to handle it or do you want me to? And I was like, dude, I have class in four hours. You can go. <laughs> so I, I wish I would have went, really do, because one of the staff members, was uh smoking weed in the studio yeah uh you're not supposed to do that obviously (laughs) and i guess it was picked up by campus safety and campus safety came in and caught this person and uh she and this was a staff member like not a student or no oh no they're they're all students they're all students okay all students okay gotcha Yeah, yeah yeah so uh they were smoking uh the the ganja 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 yeah see we're in sync here max they were smoking the ganja in the studio they got caught and uh they were uh pretty much no no question like they were done uh so the really funny part about that story is the campus safety building (laughs) was literally (laughs) next door to the radio station like you you know (laughs) Not even 50 yards. (laughs) So if, let's say, they had the window open, which I'm sure they did, um, you know, if something wafted over, you know, downwind a little bit, uh, there's no doubt that that would immediately perk up somebody at the campus safety building if they're outside. That's crazy, man. Not, uh, not, Not smart. So, um. I guess the other quick story that I can tell is that we, we had a pretty, uh, a pretty cut and dry policy, like no food and drinks inside the studio uh, mm-hmm. because of all of the pricey. Except for the cool kids. Like I ate and drank in there all 100%. the time. So like cut and dry for pretty much everybody, except for the people who we knew were responsible enough to like not drink of water in, in front of the board. Yeah. Uh, so there was, uh, it was, there was another call got a call from uh, the station manager and he goes, well, uh, this is going to be a pretty tough conversation to have with the big guy. And I'm like, mm, what happened? And he goes, well, uh, person X 
disobeyed the uh, no food or drinks in the studio and spilled Mountain Dew Code Red all over the board. So oh. that was about was this like an expensive soundboard? Um, dude. So we're talking we're, we're talking um, industry level industry standard board. This is was this like, before the upgrade or after? I can't remember. This is before. Okay, still, I mean, that the board is probably 20 years old at that point. But, I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars without a doubt. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. All for some Mountain Dew Code Red, which, honestly, l- let's be honest, you know, maybe it was worth it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Was that bottle of uh, Mountain Dew Code Red worth $750 worth of damages? Depends on who you ask. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, no, no, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, it, it was, I don't know, going, going back to another point about like how it's different uh, than like commercial radio or similar, you know, having a totally student run staff. One of the problems that you frequently run into is, well, if you are running the board at three in the morning, you're going to have some people that just up and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. and you know cannot do the job when you are asleep because the thing i mean you can theoretically put things on autopilot for a while but eventually you're going to get what's called dead air and that's when nothing is coming out over the radio absolutely nothing like a low hiss like just mm-hmm. and that's oh, it that's no bueno yeah so there were countless instances of people just up and falling asleep in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, were, like- were you guys ever one of those people? No. No. Uh, so I was really weird. Uh, I was, again, super passionate about it. Um, the summer of my freshman year. So after freshman year, going into sophomore year, I should say, uh, you got you. So this was a, this was a non-paid thing. This was just for, for credit, essentially, during the school year. But during holiday breaks and stuff like that, they would pay you. You know, it was like Mm -hmm. minimum wage or I can't remember how much it was. But so you would have to staff the summer. And after my freshman year, I decided, you know what? I really want to, you know, what's the word? Uh, uh, Bust my chops or I don't know. What's uh, cut my teeth on it. And so I did Monday through Friday, three to 6 a.m. So I pretty much killed my summer um, and decided that I was going to be the person to, to hold that fort down. And like, I obviously never fell asleep or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's when I was super committed and didn't care about sleep. Uh, now I need like 11 hours a night. Dude, Josh, why aren't we up recording from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m.? <laughs> heck, man. So, so listen, I got – so here's, here's how the um, – here's how this, this radio station worked, and, and I'm sure a lot of other student-run college stations go. You come in to the first meeting, um, and everybody's welcome. You don't have to be a communications major. You can be, you can be a history major and be like, yeah, I think it'd be cool to do, like, sports radio, and you can go in and, and do it. Um, but the way it works is the, the people who have been there the longest uh, get first come, first serve in hours. So there's a, there's a giant spreadsheet 
of like, okay, there's news, there's sports, there's music, you, you, to be a radio DJ, there's, uh, there's um, traffic, there's all these things that we need to fill. And the people who like, like my senior year, it was the whole board was empty. I'm like, okay, give me, uh, give me six to eight on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and give me uh, noon to three on Friday. Like I could, I could pick and choose and, and it's tough because you have to maneuver around your, your uh, class schedule. Um, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a part of a radio station in college and, and take it seriously uh, and balance a, a, a class workload. But I got to say, man, I got really lucky coming in as, uh, as a transfer junior, no, no experience in this radio station. The earliest I ever had to be at the radio station was 8 a.m. Really? I got really lucky. I got really, really lucky. Um, so I, that I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for. I, I do wish, though, if I could do it again, I would probably sacrifice a little bit of sleep and maybe do a 12 to 3 or 3 to 6 because those people – who did the 12 to three and three to six were able to really experiment with their breaks. They were really able to experiment with, you know, cross fading tracks and, and putting in spots in certain areas and, and taking weird phone calls because those definitely existed. Um, oh yeah. So I just, I don't know. I guess I just wish that I, if I were to do it over again, I, I would probably take that uh, knowing what I know now, but I know uh, Max, I want to get to this too. Why did I mentioned earlier, why did they call you Max reliable? K? Well, it was for exactly that is because I did the shifts that nobody else wanted to do. And I would always show up, you know, at a moment's notice. I actually, I didn't even live on campus until my last term, so to speak. We were on trimesters. So I, I literally, I only lived on campus for like three months when we lived in that new, that new hall. Yeah. And I'll just a really quick side story. I'll never forget coming into that dorm and my dad was carrying a TV that, you know, he had like got, it wasn't a really nice one, but you know, it was like for my college dorm and mm -hmm. he walked in, looked up at the wall and saw this, like, what were they? 40 inch plasma screens in every room. Yeah. And my dad dropped the TV on the floor about a two foot drop and said, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I want to tell people this college is not cheap. No, um, it's not cheap at all. And I'm still Student paying debt for the win, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Let me explain how Max and I finished off our college careers. Uh, I lived on campus for, from the time I got there, but I started out in one room, four walls, two beds on each, one bed on each side. And, uh, you know, you have maybe four feet of closet space. You get a yeah. dresser and a desk. I, I started there. Now, let me tell you where I ended. Uh, this new hall was built. It was being built while we were all in school, and people were watching this thing get built, and they're like, I'm living there. This is going to be so cool. We saw the blueprints and stuff like that, and we're like, this is amazing. So, and normally, like, you'd have, like, donors and stuff. Like, it's named after something. It's literally called New Hall when it yeah. opens. Like, there's no name for this. It is just literally Jesus. the most new hall thing ever. <laughs> So this, this building um, was on the west side of campus, uh, the, the very tail end of the west side of campus, and it was five stories, um, 
I can't remember how many units there were, but this thing was, this thing was amazing. Okay, so let me take you through a virtual tour or, or a, a worded tour of where I lived after uh, in my final year. <laughs> so when you walk, for, I was on the second floor. Uh, you walk in to the to the like lounge area, a giant open lounge area. There's a laundry room, which was your standard laundry room uh, that you had to pay far too far too much for loads of laundry. I think it was a dollar. Save them quarters, baby. A dollar ten per wash per dry. Just so you know. Um, so there's vending machines, there's a sit, there's like a, an area to, to sit, to study, to socialize, whatever. And then you go down the hallway and the hallways are wide as shit. I got to tell you, like, they're not your standard hallways. They're double the size, I guess, for moving purposes, which was very smart by the way. Um, so you walk in and you walk into a common area. Uh, I wouldn't really call them wooded floors. They were like laminate wood floors. Yeah. Um, there were two two single uh, two single seated chairs, coffee table, and a couch. Couch may not have been the uh, most comfortable, but it it did its job. Um, I had three other roommates, but we all had our single rooms. So you walk in. There's two rooms on this side. There's two rooms on that side, and there's one bathroom with a shower over here. One bathroom with a shower over there. There's a kitchen. There's a fridge, like a a big fridge uh stove there wasn't an oven which kind of sucked but like and then the, of course max mentioned the tv on the wall i walk into this place and i'm like i don't belong here i definitely don't belong here it was it was the nicest place that i've lived i lived in another apartment after college that i thought was pretty nice but those dorms were nicer than my apartment your apartment was nice not to but i I don't know what those would go for. Like I live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I I don't know what that what was that? Technically a five room apartment. Like I don't know how much that would be. That would probably be close to two thousand a month, probably. In any American city. I mean those places that thing was really nice. Yeah. So we, we Well that I have to ask this since you said you live in Green Bay. Are are you with Josh on the the Chicago sports train, or are you a Packers fan? No, listen. no, uh, I I follow my dad in sports. I'm the only I'm the only child, so he he grew up in Pittsburgh in the '70s when the Steelers were winning gotcha. a bunch of Super Bowls, and uh, and the Penguins had just started. Uh, I when I moved to Chicago, I didn't really like baseball or follow baseball at the time I was like six and I just picked the Cubs over the White Sox for some reason but uh, I've been pretty consistent in that in 20 some years now so it's my sports is all over the place it's I but I'm consistent Josh is shaking right now with the thought of his friend being a Cubs fan oh he knows I've uh I've (laughs) a quick sidebar we, we talk about friends and Cubs and White Sox went on a trip. <laughs> San Antonio, I really hope he watches this. I went on a trip to San Antonio, <laughs> spring break, and uh, absolutely. Out of I mean, all the places you could go for spring oh, break, no. why San Antonio? So listen, we didn't. Yeah, want, I was asking the same thing. We we didn't want to go somewhere that was like your typical spring break. Like we didn't really want to like party with the spring breakers. We were kind of like, listen, I did a lot of drinking in college. I kind of just want to go somewhere cool. We almost went to Toronto, but I couldn't get my passport in time. So, um, 
we, we picked San Antonio because of Tex-Mex, because of the scenery. We wanted to go to the Alamo. And um, we, so we landed in San Antonio. The, the trip starts with like us losing our bags. The bags didn't show up. We missed a flight. We missed a connecting flight. They put us on another one. And uh, it was on St. Patrick's Day. So I had six beers on these flights. And uh, yes, it, you do get way more hammered on planes, just so you know. Of course. Um, High altitude. Yeah. So we're sitting in this bar having a really good time. Uh, this is just before the MLB season was going to start. I believe this was 2016. And <laughs> I'm not going to name his name, but he, uh, he, he turns to me, he goes, so how do you think the Sox are going to do this year? I was like, man, I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's tough. I think the Cubs are going to be really good though. And he goes, bet you the Cubs sweep the White Sox in the Crosstown series. I'm like, huh? Sweep them? All four games, sweep them. Yeah, there's no shot. No chance, no chance the White Sox beat them, even once. I'm like, $100. Put my hand out. The bartender was like, are you sure? And uh, I, we shook on it. There was another witness, which is another good buddy of ours. And uh, the, day, the first game of the 2016 Crosstown, Crosstown Classic, the White Sox beat the Cubs. <laughs> so well, That was over quick. So I texted him, joking, and I was like, so I take uh, Apple Pay, uh, <laughs> I'll take cash, you can, you can buy me drinks for the rest of the year until we get to $100, like whatever, however you want to pay me, that's great. So he was, he, all he put was like, ha, 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 and I was like, mm, I'm serious. So I'm not kidding. This really put a wedge in our friendship. We didn't, I, I didn't talk to him. Uh, any chance I got to like throw a jab out there in a group chat, like, like bet you, like somebody would say, I bet you, you won't. And I'd be like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. You will. Like I would throw <laughs> it out there. <laughs> I would throw it out there. Um, and I, I think one day it, this was a long time. This lasted almost a year. Like, I'm not kidding. It was that long. So I don't know what happened. But I think he texted me about something and I didn't text him back because I was busy. Like I wasn't that kind of guy to like straight up ignore him, but I didn't text him back for some reason. And he texted everybody in the group chat and he's like, is Josh mad at me? Yeah. And so I think, uh, somebody was like, uh, you think, and, um, then I get a call from, from a buddy of ours and he goes, Hey, are you home? And I'm like, uh, yeah, why? What's up? He goes, <laughs> he's on your, he's on the way to your house. <laughs> he's on the way to your house right now. And I was like, why? And he goes, uh, he wants to pay you. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, whatever. I, if he's okay, already- how long after this did he actually pay you? Legit, the Cubs might have already won the World Series. They did. They did. Before that. he was paid. Yeah, it was, it was after the World Series. So, yeah, definitely. So my doorbell rings. I open the door. And when I say this is from a movie, I mean it. It, it, it felt like he was showing up to his ex-girlfriend's house begging for another chance. <laughs> so I, I opened the door. He goes, he, his, his voice, he, he like cleared his throat to make sure that like he wasn't, like it wasn't that type of thing. He was like, <clears throat> hey man, uh, you got a minute? And I was like, yeah. And he brought over a six pack of Corona and an envelope. So he takes two beers out of the thing. We crack him, cheers, start talking. And he's like, so listen, man, like I, 
I, I brought you, I brought you your check for, for a hundred bucks. And I was like, dude, I don't want your money. And he was like, no, like we, we made a bet. And like, I, I was, I was pretty, I was bad about it. So like, here, take, take the, take the hundred dollars. And I was like, man, will you accept this rose? Yeah. Basically I was like, oh, <laughs> it's episode of the bachelor. <laughs> so I'm like, man, listen, like, I, I really don't want your money. And I explained to him that it was the principle. Like if he would have tried to give me the hundred dollars two days after the bet was over, I still wouldn't have taken it. I'm not going to take a hundred dollars away from my, my friend. Like if it was five bucks, like, I would have 100% taken the money no matter what. <laughs> I was like, dude, if it was five bucks, I may have taken it. I'm not taking a hundred dollars from you. Like we all have student loans. We all have payments. You should have at least made him use the hundred dollars to get limes for your Corona. I mean, damn. A <laughs> hundred dollars worth of limes. So he goes, all right, man, well, how about this? Keep the beer. And like, are we good now? And I was like, dude, we, we, we would have been good as if you would have offered the money. Again, I wouldn't have taken it, but it was just a principle. So he tries to leave, right? He, he leaves the house and he leaves the check on the table on purpose. I grab the check and I chase him from out of the house. And I'm like, dude, take your money. I don't want your money. Okay. I just don't want your money. Uh, and then we've been pretty, we've been fine ever since, except um, for trying to get him on a podcast. That's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> I really don't know the point of that story, but uh, I guess it, it was, was entertaining. Nonetheless, like I said, I felt like I was listening to an episode of the bachelor, just you know, <laughs> podcasted version. What's his name? Chris, uh, uh, Chris Harris, I Chris think. Harris. No, that's a, that's the, Chris Harrison, that's it. Chris Harris is an NFL player. <laughs> um, I was thinking, I was thinking Hanson. Isn't that the Chris to catch Hansen. a predator? Is it guy? Chris Hanson? Mm, that no, name sounds familiar Chris too. Harrison I don't know. Is Hanson's the, the predator dude. Harrison's the, the dude that's been on the Bachelor for forever. Yeah, Chris Hanson is the predator guy. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a good segue. You want to get a little serious here, Max? Oh sure. Lord. So, um. My Just don't stuff. talk. I can't talk about any uh, open criminal cases, though. Okay. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, they're, I think they're closing soon. Um, so we've all go. We've we all go through. Uh, I guess some like hard times in in our lives, depending on like it's it could be money struggles, it could be health, it could be you know relationships, it could be any of those things. Um, and we've all experienced them. But Max, you had something really, really unexpected happen to you. Was it a couple years ago uh, that, that really changed your lifestyle? Do you want to, you want to get into that? Well, there's, there's like two things. So I'm trying to, the, well, the first one, the first one was crazy. I, uh, so I was, uh, I was at a Sunday night football game party or whatever. My, with one of my best buds, he's a, he's a Ravens fan. I'm a Steelers fan. And we were watching that Sunday night game or whatever, you know, having a bunch of beers. And I like halftime during the game, I was like, dude, my chest does not feel good. Like this, this hurts, man. I don't know. So I end up going to bed, you know, going home, driving home, going to bed. And I woke up in the middle of the night at like three in the morning. I had a Fitbit on at the time and it said my heart rate was like 165. Oof. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And my chest hurt like hell. And I was like, okay, okay. Uh, couldn't go back to sleep, like just completely uncomfortable, like tossing and turning and stuff. So eventually, you know, whenever the urgent care opened up, I, I went to the urgent care. And uh, 
they gave, I told them about my symptoms and everything, and they uh, gave me uh, an EKG, which they put these little sticky things like all over your body, and you got to take your shirt off. And there was this really cute nurse that was giving me this EKG. Like, I love how that's one of the things you remember out of this process. If you know, oh, oh, I very, very vivid. This, this was a life changing thing, and that that girl was part of it. And so, <laughs> um. She comes back in and she's like, uh, she's like, you want to, you want to put your shirt back on? I was like, are you sure? No, I didn't say that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like flexing a little bit. And she's like, uh, now the, uh, the ambulance is uh, on the way. You're, uh, you're having a heart attack. And I'm like, what? Well, that me? escalated quickly. Yes, it did. And so I got to ride in the ambulance and I'm like Snapchatting everybody at this, at this point. And I'm like, yo, going to the hospital. What up? And, you know, called my parents and they were like, what the hell's going on? You know, they lived in Chicago at the time. So they start driving up and uh, yeah, apparently I had, it wasn't actually a heart attack, but it had, uh, I had two infections attack my heart essentially. So like it's, they described it to me as like pneumonia that attacks your heart. And it's apparently very common for guys and girls in their twenties. And interesting. It's, yeah. It's myocarditis and pericarditis were the two. Normally you only get one, but I got two. Um, but then they just gave me some drugs and you know, the pain eventually went away and stuff like that. But did they have to perform to- any surgery on you? No. Uh, but I just kind of had to, you know, go on an antibiotic for like a month. And then, you know, they, they told me like, you know, don't drink for a month and stuff like that. But, you know, it was, it was kind of scary because for like 18 hours or so, they had no idea what it was. And which is never comforting, you know, whoever, whoever hears this, you know, they, they probably know someone that, you know, went to the hospital and, you don't get an immediate answer and that's not cool. Like you expect your doctor to know immediately what's wrong with you right away. And yeah. for those, for those 18 hours, it was, it was like touch and go. Cause I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. That would be scary as hell. I couldn't imagine not knowing what was going on, especially when, and you said the people at urgent care told you you were having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then, see, so, then freak the ER, me out. so then the ER doctor agrees and then I forgot about this part. The ambulance, the, the guy in the ambulance gives me another EKG on the way to the hospital. And he's like, dude, this is the healthiest heart attack I've ever seen. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, do, gonna... I get a, do I get a cookie? Like, do I get a trophy? <laughs> what do it? Healthiest heart attack. You know, give me, give me a shirt. Um, yeah, because I was like, what, 20... I was a very early 20, like either 22, maybe at the time, maybe 23. And, you know, I've always been decently fit and, you know, I work out constantly that not something that, you know, I thought was going to, you know, that I'd have to cross paths with at that time. So that was kind of weird. Nobody expects themselves to cross paths with the healthiest heart attack. Yeah. I, again, kind of an oxymoron, don't you think? Yeah, I have no idea what the hell that meant. So I think the the crazy the, the crazy thing is is I've had um 
I've had times where like I'm just sitting in class or something and like my heart just starts going like it, it it's not like crazy like oh my god what's happening but like it's, sure. it's elevated and I'm like wow what the hell I can't imagine like when when you're for for relatively healthy people when you perform uh you know strenuous activities your heart rate goes up but when when it goes up and you haven't done anything for it to go up I can't imagine being in that mindset of like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't either. That would be something that would scare the hell out of me. And you said your parents like automatically wanted to drive up to where you were. My mom would be freaking out. Uh, so that would be something that I for sure don't want to go through. Yeah. And, and being an only child that definitely, uh, that was, that was kind of rough. Uh, yeah, see, I, I have a, I have a little brother. I also have two sisters, but the one that my brother stays with my mom and, uh, you know, maybe she just would have been like, fuck it. We got another one. So maybe it'll be okay. <laughs> All right. So that was the, that was, that was one story that, that happened to you. God, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I've been in an ambulance that I remember like once. And that was just because I passed out at the doctor's office because I didn't eat anything before, but it was nothing, nothing crazy. Like the, we were stopping at stoplights. Let's put it that way. Um, I've, I've I've never been through anything like super traumatic like that. You want to hear the the funniest story and the only story I have about me going to the hospital because I you know severely injured something. You guys okay. are gonna get kicked out of this. So I was like six years old, maybe right, maybe younger than that. And in my mom's kitchen when I was younger, we had a TV in there, right? When I was younger, and on Disney Channel, and when I was younger, they used to have the music videos. Uh, like in between commercials, and I'll, I, dude, I'll never forget it. There was a Jonas Brothers song playing, and again, I was super young, so don't judge me. Um, and I was dancing in the kitchen in my socks, and and I'm I'm not shitting you. I fell flat on my face and almost broke my nose um, from dancing to the Jonas Brothers. I didn't break my nose, but that was the closest I've come to severely injuring anything so i guess you can you can say i'm i'm blessed but i'm also still young so i don't want to jinx myself <laughs> oh the knock on wood was funny um i was hoping you were gonna break your nose and then i was gonna make a comment like oh so that's that's what happened there uh, also, you know he also got hit in the face with a skateboard i did Ooh. get hit in the face with a skateboard you got to check out one of the other episodes to hear that story but it's uh that one that one's pretty good <laughs> it's hilarious um so you mentioned two stories. The next one, in my opinion, uh, was something that I really, when you told me this and, uh, and, and when I found out the, the, the things that went into the diagnosis, I, I, we, we bust each other's balls a lot. Oh uh, yeah. But I, at that point, I'm like, man, I got to take a step back. And like, I gotta, if I can do anything for this guy, uh, I have to. And it, it was one of those things where like, I was dying to know, you know, one, what was going on and, and two, that, that you were good. Um, so I guess we, we, let's, let's get into this, this next, uh, I don't, I guess traumatic, I don't know the, the diagnosis, what went into it. So first of all, uh, what led, you know, two things kind of came together. It was really weird. So I got mono and you Ooh. know, that's the, the famous, you know, kissing disease or whatever. Um, and it was the sickest I had ever been. Like, it was absolutely awful. My throat was, like, pretty much all closed up. And, like, I couldn't, couldn't breathe, couldn't do, you know, a lot of things. Like, you, I was sleeping for, like, 20 hours a day. It was awful. 
And so that is an autoimmune disease, which basically weakens everything in your system while you're fighting this mono because you're all of your white blood cells, like everything tries to attack the mono because there's really no, there's no cure. Um, it's, you just kind of have to sit there and take it. And, you know, aside from like over the counter pain meds and stuff like that. So I was taking a ton of like Tylenol and ibuprofen. I think I was like on alternating, it was like a thousand milligrams of Tylenol and like 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And I was alternating like every six hours. So I was on hella medication. And so I go in to the doctor to finally get, you know, tested and diagnosed uh, for mono. And they were like, Hey, uh, you know, it's, it's tough shit, basically. Like, don't, don't stress yourself out. Just, you know, just sleep and do whatever you got to do for X amount of time. And they don't, they don't tell you how long it's going to be. Like for some people it's, it's like a week, which was fortunately what it was for me. I think it was yeah. like six days where I was like really down and out. But like for some people it could last like a month. It's terrible. I've had friends that have had it and some of them it's been very volatile. Like you said, some of them have been out, out and out for you know, a week or two. And then some have been out for over a month. So yeah. 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 I mean, uh, and then this past, I think it was this past year. I mean, we're all, we're all sports guys. I think it was, wasn't it a Sam Donald? uh, They got mono mono last year. Yeah. He was out for like a minute. Yeah. He was out for a while Four games. So that's like a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it attacks people in different ways. And so the whole point is it basically, it weakens your immune system. So I get some blood work uh, done, uh, you know, during the whole mono test and they confirm that it's mono. And then the nurse stops and goes, Oh, uh, there's something else too. I was like, Oh, and she's like, yeah, you have diabetes now. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. I was like, what are you talking about? Are you sure? And she's like, yes, uh, this is actually kind of common when people get mono. Um, It's one of the autoimmune diseases that they're all, they're all kind of connected. I don't know all of the science behind it, but it's all based on this one gene and there's, there's different diseases that you can get um, because of that. And originally they told me they were like, so it's type two you don't have type one, you type one is the worst kind of diabetes, right? Like it, it I'm, depends. Not, I'm not sure how the different types work. I I can only really explain mine. I mean, I have, I have some very close friends that are type one as well. Um, they essentially their bodies. So with diabetes, you, it affects how your body processes glucose or blood sugar. Yeah. And the ideal level, like if you guys were to finger prick yourself right now, like your ideal levels are going to be between 90 and 120, like a hundred percent of the time. People that, you know, are totally healthy for lack of a better term, they don't stray past those levels. But for type two, my body still produces insulin, but just not at a normal rate. It's at a much lower rate. 
So I, uh, and then type one is they don't produce insulin at all. And I might, and I might have that a little wrong, but in most cases in the people that I know, their bodies do not produce insulin at all. They have to like do like the insulin shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just totally out of left field because I have no history of diabetes in my family. And again, I am a relatively healthy person. Um, during this whole process, like the whole mono diabetes process, I was, I was pushing a buck 90 and again, not like out of shape or anything like that. But now as I sit here today, I'm like 160. So during this whole process, I lost 30 pounds. I still look decently the same, but normally the diabetes, the people that have it are usually overweight and, you know, don't lead the healthiest of lives. If they lose a little, yeah, yeah. That's the stereotype. And if they lose weight, it possibly goes away. And I was told at the beginning of this, that this might go away after the mono works through your system. So we're like eight months later now and it's not going away. So just chalk it up to bad genes, I guess. Well, Max, I have one more question for you to kind of, to kind of roll things out here. And it is a sports question because you are a Steelers fan. Uh, How do you think they fare this season? in their division against the Ravens and company after not having been last year. Um, how do you think they do this year with their quarterback coming back? Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was fantastic for them yep. last year. Um, whole, whole lot of good things coming for the Steelers. How do you think they do? Uh, it it kind of it, – it 100% depends on Ben. Uh, it's really interesting that they were – you know, I used, to, I used to give Mike Tomlin a lot of crap because, ironically – you know, everybody, I don't think he's the best coach and all the, my friends that are, you know, I've got uh, a lot of family that are Browns fans. I've got a friend that's a Ravens fan. They all say Tomlin is like a top five head coach. Um, I guess I nitpick cause he's like the worst at challenges. He went, I want to say four years without winning a challenge. Like it, the streak Damn. just ended this past year. Like it's terrible. They're the one team in the league that doesn't have a video replay coordinator that like tells the people like will buzz down and say, Hey, challenge this. Um, the Steelers are the one team out of 32 that don't have that. So Tomlin is basically going off of the video board when they replay. Yeah. That's not the best idea there, Mike Tomlin. And when you're in opposing stadiums, guess what they don't do? They don't show the New Orleans Saints fumbling the ball. Yeah, exactly. So there that, are, that doesn't make much sense. No. So there are like 100 instances where Tomlin should have challenged but didn't. But anyway, um, last year kind of changed my opinion on them. You know, he was staring 3-13 and 13 in the face. You know, Ben goes down second quarter of week two. They're, fa- they're about to go 0-2 and they have no viable quarterback option for that defense to play as well as they did to carry them to eight wins. Tomlin still does not have a losing season, which shocks me. He's never had a losing season. No, I didn't, I didn't know that that's damn impressive. Yeah. And 
I mean, if, if Ben is healthy and doesn't, you know, two years ago, he was the passing champ. I mean, last, Mm -hmm. uh, so he doesn't even have to hit that productivity. I mean, he still throws a lot of picks, but if, if they're anywhere decent and with the NFL expanding the playoffs to seven teams now in each conference, I mean, I, for sure, I can see the Steelers being a wild card team. Um, Are you opposed to them signing Cam Newton? I thought they would have already done it. Um, I was me too, I'm man. Really surprised. Uh, I'm surprised Cam is still out there. Period. I mean, I understand my life with the coronavirus and everything. They the teams weren't able to do like actual in person workouts, and that's why there's this setback for Cam Newton because he's obviously coming off some injuries. I dude, he was an MVP. I don't, I don't know how he hasn't been signed yet. I don't know. But I, I could see it happening at some point. But anyway, I, I could see the Steelers. I, their schedule looks so easy. But then again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I could see them hitting it 10 always wins. always is. Yeah, of course. You know, I could see them hitting 10 wins. I think the Ravens are still going to be good. Cleveland, I mean, growing up there and just having all these family members who are Browns fans, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, they're a loaded, talented roster, but – that is the worst run organization in professional sports. I not not a hundred percent, but it's bottom five. And uh, the uh, Charlotte Hornets have entered the chat. Yeah. No, there's no there there's some other there's some other teams that are just abysmally run. Um and then the Bengals, they'll get better. I mean, Joe Burrow should help them, obviously. Um, but I don't there's no chance they win that division. Who the the Bengals, yeah, there's, there's oh, no, no, no chance no, they win that division. No chance. No chance. No chance. But uh, Max, man, I, we really appreciate you coming on. I had a great time with this interview. I know Josh did too, uh, talking with someone that he went to college with and worked with personally. But, dude, it was, it was awesome talking to you and meeting you, and we'd love to have you on again. Awesome. Thank Josh? you. And uh, did, uh, did Josh tell you what saved this interview? Uh, no, we did not. Josh? I uh, I was I was all ready to uh, to to deny this request and not come on. I just assumed you were a Clemson fan. <laughs> and, uh, oh, see, dude, be, not being a Clemson fan just solves all the world's problems. <laughs> Good. See, this is, you know, we're making world peace by not being Clemson fans here, Josh. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I immediately. I was I was born and raised a Buckeye, so I. Uh, it's actually no. funny that you say that. My uh, my dad, my dad's a Clemson fan, but his his wife, um, my stepmom is born and raised like right outside of Columbus, oh, and boy. so she's a huge Ohio State fan. And my dad, because they lived up there, and I think it's Man Mansfield, Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Um, they lived there for like seven eight years. So he was. I mean, accustomed. I don't know if that's where they lived. I just know that's a town. I I can. Yeah yeah that's yeah. A town. I'm. I'm pretty sure I can't confirm that, they live there. Yeah, of course you can. I'm pretty sure that's that's where they stayed. So my dad became accustomed to the Buckeye fans. So I'm I'm used to Ohio State fans, and I I don't I don't mind them. But Clemson fans, again, if you don't know, Max, I live 20 minutes away from Clemson yep. University. Yep. So it's a um, it's a little old Clemson. Diff- difficult existence with uh, the Clemson fans and their Lord and Savior Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I uh, that that that. That fumble that uh, was overturned still keeps me up at night. Yeah, I can't blame you. But Josh, you got anything else, man? 
I got nothing else, Max, man. We appreciate you being our first guest here on Dose of OJ. And uh, if you're ever- Mark it in, down in the history books. Yeah, yeah. If you're ever in, uh, where, if you're ever in Wisconsin, hit up Max. He'll buy you a beer. Gotcha. <laughs> Some spotted cow, only available in Wisconsin. Sounds good, man. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you later, Max. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.